0: Welcome to the Struggling Pastors Podcast. Uh, My name is Tian Doan today uh, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, I am going to be playing an interview that I uh, I recorded while I was away. Uh, first off, I want to say uh, sorry for um, missing a couple of weeks on our podcast. I've been traveling and speaking in uh, different places, so I'm going to be playing uh, some interviews, and um, today we're going to be uh, talking to a young pastor. Um, he's in Hawaii. Um, I was uh, on a trip there, and I, I spoke at, at the a a couple of churches in Hawaii, and the the pastor that we're going to talk to today, his name is Christian, he's a good friend of mine. He's uh, in his 20s, and uh, he's been an associate pastor for a little little while, but he's looking at... uh, planting a, a church in a year or two and so we talk about that we talk about you know um, starting out and what God has been teaching him um, and he's just a he's a young pastor and uh, looking forward to to planting his own church so you're gonna hear this interview and uh, the just want to warn you the audio quality isn't the best we you know i was just using a little a little portable recorder so um, yeah but the 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 interview is interesting and um, hopefully you will enjoy it Welcome to the Struggling Pastors podcast, real conversations about ministry and life. This is Tian Done, and uh, we are having a uh, different uh, format today we 're not going to be i 'm not going to be doing the, the the conversation with Israel Gomez as I am on location in Hawaii and uh, going to be doing some uh, interviews with some pastors that that um, uh, I know here and today we 're going to be talking to a friend of mine who is a young pastor and a future church planter. His name is uh, Christian Siania and uh, You'll, what you'll be hearing next is an interview that uh, I have with uh, Pastor Christian uh, in his home in, uh, in Oahu. So uh, here's the interview. Hey, man, thank you for uh, welcoming me to Hawaii and letting me stay at your house. No problem, man. It's been good. Yeah, this has been real good. Uh, Christian, uh, tell us a little bit about you and, and, and uh, what you do, your church, and uh, what God has called you to do.
1: Yeah, so uh I actually work at a church, uh, Harbor Church in Honolulu, and um we meet in Kakaako, kind of like it's kind of like the new hip town coming up in in uh, on the island of Oahu. And uh, I've been there for 5 years. Um I work with discipleship ministries, community groups, Bible studies, um and I also help lead um young adults group, youth group, um things like that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Christian, you're you're kind of new into the pastoral world, and you're actually going to be, um, hopefully, taking a, a big step in the near future, uh, right? What's uh, what's God calling calling you to do next?
1: Yeah. So, one thing that God's been calling me to do. So, I actually live on the west side, born and raised, um, born in Waianae, grew up in Waipahu, and we've been a Harbor for five years. But God's really calling us to. Um, plant a church back in the neighborhood that I grew up in, in Waipahu. So let's, uh,
0: let, you know, the let's talk about, let's tell the audience what, what Waipahu is like. And, uh, you know, most people aren't in Hawaii and they, they picture Hawaii as like just the beach and they, you know, everyone's wearing Lays and they put flowers in their hair. and oh, yeah. a, So so tell me about where you grew up. It's yeah. kind of like, it's like South Central Honolulu, right? It's, yes. like, it's like the hood straight out of Waipahu.
1: Yeah, so Waipahu, Waipahu uh, isn't like... Like if you if you're coming to visit Hawaii, you're not coming to see Waipao. You're, you're, you you want to see beaches. You want to see you want to see nice weather. People hanging out, surfing. That's not Waipao. Waipao is more like uh, being in in the hood. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like the being in a concrete jungle. It is that uh, half of it is um, in the hood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 like growing up in shoot. I got cousins that live in Sacramento. It looks more like growing up in the hood in Sacramento than it does growing up in what you think Hawaii is. Like we always say, my brother and I always talk about it. What kids are like—hip hop kids. They don't go to the beach. They don't surf. They don't do any of that fun stuff. They. Just
0: <laughs> yeah. So you're just a kid
1: from the from the hood, right? Yeah, from from 94 block. Yep.
0: So, um, but God's calling you to um, actually start a church in this area.
1: Yeah. So we actually went to church out here um, for a long time. My family, my grandpa planted a church out here. Um, we grew up, grew up out here in Waipao, and I actually went to private school, but God's really calling us back here um, to reach out to the community out here, um, plant a solid church on Farrington Highway, which is where Waipao is located, the main strip. And um, that's where we want to plant our church, and we're hoping that God can do just a great work here in um, on the west side. There's a lot of churches elsewhere. There's not a lot of um, churches in Waipao right now.
0: So, um so this is called the Struggling Pastors podcast and I explained a little bit about it. it 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 uh not necessarily that um you know, you're a struggling pastor. Well, in a sense, every, every pastor is struggling with something. Like, you know, if you're trying to struggle with trying to figure out uh, what your vision is or to gather people or struggling to increase your, your finances, or maybe your church is growing super big. You're struggling to to assimilate everyone and getting volunteers or, you know, marriage struggles, kids. So we're always struggling with something, right? Struggling with difficult people or critics or whatever. So right, right now um, you're nesting inside of a, a, a very healthy church uh, led, by, led by a personal friend of mine, uh, Pastor Matt Dirks. We go back a, a, a long way. Um, and uh, you're preparing to, to uh, plant. And um, what, have, uh, what have been some of the, uh, your personal struggles in trying to figure out um, this journey about answering God's call? What are some of the questions or struggles you, you dealt with uh, along the way?
1: Yeah, so, so I know you said I'm not a struggling pastor, but when you started listing all those things out, I thought, dang, I struggle with all of those things. Uh but well, one of the big things right now, so for me and my wife, um there there's there's a few things. For the first thing is patience. Um patience with God's timing and everything, patience with um progress in people that I'm maybe discipling, patience, um patience in life in general. So that's one thing. But the other thing, just at a at a really kind of practical level, is Right now, my wife and I, we want to plant. We feel like God's calling us in this direction. He's calling us to plant a church in Paw, where both of us grew up. And we have three kids all under the age of four right mm-hmm. now. And um, trying to make that push and serve and do ministry, at the same time dealing with the family home life, has been a much bigger struggle than I thought. I think before I got, before I had kids, I thought, man'' trained them up in the ways of the Lord. I'm just gonna be a great example of what Christ looks like, what a good father looks like and I find myself struggling with that all the time. Um, just being tired, being worn out, being impatient with my kids and uh, yeah so family life has been a struggle. I think the time. Yeah yeah
0: it's busy. it's real busy. I am I, um, talking about you, you mentioned patience. I think uh, it's, it was maybe at least two, maybe even three years ago when you and I first met. And even three years ago, you were like anxious to, uh, to plant. Like you, were already, you already felt like God was yeah. calling you to plant. And that's been three years, um, you know, two to three years. And so um, what have you learned in those two to three years? Because you you were a little frustrated because you felt like um, you were ready, but the you know your church or other people um, were telling you that, hey, be patient, slow down a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah. You're like, who are they? They don't know me. <laughs> um so what would you what would you say to
1: Christian three years ago? Oh man, you're not ready. To <laughs> <laughs> you... calm down, you're not ready. Yeah. You don't want this life yet. Yeah. I mean, just like the things that come up as you're as you're moving a plant, just the, the the difficulties, like now you're starting to as you're starting to plant and build a new community, you know, that's kind of how we do it at our church. We build new communities. Um, you start meeting people and things get messier. You know, things get harder. Things get more difficult. Uh, and so I thought I was ready then. And then I realized, you know, my kids got older. Um, I had another, I had two more children. And, and I, I, thought, I think to myself now, like, man, you are not ready. And so I'm wondering... <laughs> Am I ready? I think <laughs> am I ready right now?
0: I think um we tend to feel godlier before we have kids. <laughs> and then yeah. when you start having kids you're like, "Man, oh mm. uh, man, I'm not I'm not as godly and as patient and mature as I thought." Um uh, the, the the kids tend to uh show you how how selfish and immature you are, right? Yeah. Cuz you got to stop thinking about yourself and start, you know, everything is about the the kids uh, yeah. for a while, especially when they're
1: young. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing too for me is like you got your kids, and at this time, just my—I want to be out there. I want to be serving. I want to be meeting people in the community. I want to be. I'm still at Harbor Town in in Honolulu, and so I want to be serving there. And I realize with these kids, my my time is just split up so much. You know, I got to work around their schedules. A lot of times, um, my wife and I have to fight for that time together to spend together. And so there's just so many things going on. And in my head, I want to. I also want to be more missional, you know, I want to be more missional I want to be meeting new people. And there are ways that I'm just a little more restrained with these kids. And so that, that's been difficult, I think. Yeah.
0: So um, you're you're almost 30 now, right?
1: Yeah, 29. Mom, yeah.
0: Because, yeah, I think you were like 26 or something uh, uh, when we met. Twenty five, 26. You were just like you, you were going to um, get the whole island saved. Yeah. You know, because uh, there wasn't a pastor like you, like the the world didn't never, you know, <laughs> never seen a pastor like you coming. And uh, what would you say, um, like like if you could go back there and talk to your younger self, or maybe there's a uh, a young guy coming up right now. Yeah. You know what um, what would you tell that young guy? Yeah. So. I guess I
1: guess I really did feel like I, w- I was the guy but if there was a young guy coming up or I was talking to myself um, a few years ago um, find a healthy church first mm-hmm. find find a place where you can grow find a place where you can really sit under um, good godly leadership people that are gonna slow you down um, gonna care for you shepherd you well um, so that that's that's one of the been the most okay. helpful thing for me is, is is having older men who can disciple me who have walked down the road of church planting, walked down the road of being a pastor, and have been able to tell me um, when to slow down, kind of help me to pace myself more. When I remind me that more important than serving in ministry and the church, like I gotta be loving my family well. um, So reminding me of that, because if I was a, I think back then, I think I had more of a view that I'm just gonna go save the world, you know? I'm just gonna go um, get everyone, like you said, get everyone saved. I'm just going to do it and not even being, I guess I think that I've had men in my life that have been able to help me to be more mindful of um, my home life, mindful of my wife and considering her, considering my kids now, um, and just... Do you just think that that's now.
0: hard uh, for, for younger guys who are just real eager, you know, they feel called, they feel gifted by God to do something, they got a vision? Do you feel like um, it's hard for them to, you know, to say, hey, why don't you go and... Serve under some godly men for, for a season. Yeah. Like, do you think that's hard for,
1: for people? Yeah, I think so. I think that, that, I think that is hard. Just from what I've seen with other young men, um, we just want to be out there. You know, we feel like we got that fire under in our bellies, and we just want to go and and see the work happen quickly. We want to see people saved. We want to see uh, churches built. We want to see them planted. We want to see and just that's on that's a, that's the, just kind of the godly angle. On the sinful angle, we want to be the guy. You know, like we want to be that young hot shot coming up that's preaching every week and that God's using. And so I have seen that in myself as well. And I think that that's that makes it difficult. Like for me, I had to force myself to sit under on the pastors that I've sat under in in a sense. Not not force myself. Yeah, force myself. Yeah, I had a fight. I had a fight to remind myself that submission is a good thing, that learning is a good thing, that slowing down is a good thing, that God's put these structures in place in the local church to help me. Um, in the things that he's called me to do. And um,
0: yeah. So, what have you learned in the past uh, uh, three years that you've invested deeply in, in a local church? And you've been given more and more leadership, right? Uh, I think when we first met, one of your frustrations was uh, there was no teaching opportunities, right? You're, 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 uh, you get to teach more. Yeah. You do a lot, you know, you're leading a lot more. Um, so, you know, um, your pastor, my friend, uh, Matt Dirks, is uh uh, he's a he's a godly man he's a great leader um you know raises up a lot of good leaders so what what have you learned in your experience um at harbor church that you want to take with you like what is you know there's certain things like you're not going to replicate everything um, no. that you learn but there what are some things that you want to say hey that was good I'm going to reap I'm going to make sure I take that lesson with me and even in the future I'm going to I'm going to teach the next generation this so what are some of the, the biggest lessons like you mentioned you know you got to sit under authority uh, love your family well I mean what, what else I mean you could expound on those things too but uh, what'd you learn that you want to take with you
1: oh yeah one of the things I learned um that just pop, just popping into my mind right now is not every single issue is a major issue. Not every single thing that someone's dealing with is it needs to be solved. Not every issue needs to be solved right now, right so, away. Um 'cause it
0: Sounds like there's a there's a situation that you you're thinking of that popped in your mind. Yeah. Like it's uh so it was. I don't know if you want to, you know, uh, openly talk about it. But uh, in general, like, what 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 popped in your mind when you're saying a situation that you want to just, you you know, so you're you, you're a Samoan, yeah. And in the Samoan culture, you just want to get in someone's face and 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 deal oh, with no. it directly, right? Just directly, yeah. Directly, you want to you want to <laughs> uh, you want to wrestle. Yeah. You want to fight and get you know, and you just deal with it that, uh, very very directly. Um, so what, yeah? What did you learn? With?
1: Well, like say someone uh, like. There's been so many examples of of me um, wanting to jump the gun and do something about a situation and having to be slowed down uh, but one in particular um like like just an example there was someone that wasn't coming to church for a little while and for some reason you know I was looking at their Facebook page I'm like they're obviously doing stuff at on Saturday and they can't make it to church let's uh we need a uh, we need to do something about this. We yeah. need to confront them on their sin. We need to be in their face about it. They need to know this, and they need to know that the next step, if they don't repent of their <laughs> sin of not loving the church body, is excommunication. Oh, my goodness. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> so you,
0: you, you, you look at the church attendance, and you Facebook stalk people. So I was like, dude, where is this guy? I haven't, you seen, face, him, with I haven't Facebook seen him Facebook stalk weeks.
1: Him. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, like, this guy is like. It's
0: so like, where were you? Um, I was working. It's like, no, you weren't. I checked Facebook yeah. right now. You were on you were on the beach yesterday. I saw you. Yeah, you it. were
1: in Waikiki <laughs> on a unicorn floaty, man. I saw you. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: And so <laughs> it was a timestamp. Yeah. It was a
1: GPS. <laughs> so like things like that where, whereas uh I just wanna like, we gotta talk about this. You know, I I wanna bring it up to the elders, like, hey man, next elder me, we gotta we gotta deal with this. This guy is not showing up to church. And um and I know it sounds ridiculous now, but that's just kind of like my bent, you know, like. Let's solve these issues, man. Let's get them back in church. They're obviously falling away. And uh, well, what happened was the guy was just literally just busy. And like he, when I when uh, somebody else went to talk to him about it, he was just like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I've just been so busy, and I want to come back. And he came back, and it was all good. And if I had it my way, that would have turned into a lot bigger of a problem than it was otherwise. Yeah. Because I just would have I felt that in myself, like getting frustrated at this guy thinking about the lack of progress, you know, like he should be serving more. He should be doing this. He should be doing that. Why is he missing church? Why is he on that unicorn floaty? <laughs> That's a true story about. Yeah. Yeah. He was on, he was on a unicorn floaty in Waikiki.
0: Yeah. Hey, you know who you are, man. <laughs> you know who you are. Um what else? A- a- any other uh lessons that so so the first lesson is like don't not everything is um like you don't have to, you don't have to rush and deal with every problem. You know that you could be right. patient and slow and and um, yeah, not not fight, not make every issue a major issue, right? Yeah. So yeah. we we could think of a lot of different. You know, um, I think in your community um, there's going to be a lot of issues about like um, the culture. You know, yeah. because uh, what music to play and you know because you're going to be reaching out to. Yeah, you know, Samoan, uh, local Samoans, but there's other people, you know, people from the mainland, and there's going to be a little bit of some culture, yeah. you know, a little bit of culture. Like, but are you going to fight over every issue? Right? That's, that's not worth it. Yeah. Right.
1: So sometimes you got to just let things go. That's a good lesson. Yeah. Any other lessons there? Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of examples. Like if somebody comes out and their theology is just a little off, I, yeah. I always felt the need just you got to correct it right now. Yeah, you gotta correct it. They're they're wrong. Um, and I learned this because I was also in the community group with my pastor, Matt Dirks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw how he dealt with those things. How he was patient. He'd correct. He'd correct bad theology in the prayer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but let them share. It. And in my head, I'm like, why why are we not correcting them? You want to you know? uh,
0: confront them right then? and there. Yeah, right
1: then and there. And I think I've learned more and more that um, to see. Just the good things that are coming that, that people are sharing, that the fact that they're loving God and if their theology is a little off, like we'll work together. Yep. Um, but but the main thing is they're loving Jesus and they're pursuing him. And yep. then to just rest there with people.
0: Yeah.
1: And um and I've also seen my own sinfulness. And so I don't wanna be a hypocrite and I see my walk is a little slower than I would want, you know. Mm-hmm. I I notice that more and more now. And so to see other people and, and their walks and their journeys with the Lord and understand that they're on their own journey. And it's not at my pace. It's not at the. It's not at somebody else's pace. It's at their pace. And God, God has them on a on a particular journey. Yep. And so to appreciate that in them, I think that's that's how I've grown the most. Because I would say yep. that my pastor is theologically sound. He's an amazing man of God. He loves his family well. He disciples them. But at the same time, um, he's not trying to force everybody into his particular theology. Mm-hmm. You know. But he does want people to love Jesus. Yep. Yep, and and he and he's okay with loving Jesus and um, people loving Jesus and them having a little different view of yep. salvation. You know.
0: Yeah. So so making making the main thing the main thing. Yeah. Right. So that, that's that's a good lesson because there's going to be a lot because you can't you can't focus on everything. You're going to be there's so many things to do once you're the, the lead pastor of a church. Right? Yep. Um What other lessons have you learned just at, at, at your time um, uh, at Harbor Church? and that you want to take with you?
1: I need to listen better. Listen better? Listen to listen. who? Listen to your wife? I to listen to everybody. Listen to my wife. Listen to the Word. Listen to the Spirit. Listen to my pastors. Listen to my friends. Um, uh, Man, sometimes I got... Uh, my mom used to tell me I got diarrhea of the mouth. I like <laughs> to talk more. My You're dad talking. My dad used to tell me, um, God gave you one mouth in two years so that you can listen more than you talk. Yeah. And so I think I would listen better. I think... Uh, that was actually advice that one of these pastors that um, my friends, uh, these pastors that came down, forgetting his name right now, but I asked him what was the. Um, I asked him five years ago actually. What what's the one advice that you would give me? Um, you know, as somebody that's just starting in the ministry. I wasn't pastoring at the time or anything. And he said the one thing I would do is listen more. Hmm. I was an old guy, and uh, and that that was what he that's what he shared with me. And I, I found myself um, needing to listen more. Rather than I'm so quick to respond to everything, yeah. I'm so quick to talk, and, yeah. and I just need to sometimes just sit down and listen to people.
0: So, Christian, you're um, you're thinking about in a year or two. I mean, uh, uh, maybe a, a year from now, getting getting a core group ready. Mm-hmm. Um, your church is they're talking about sending you out with a core group, and you're going to have to recruit some people, um, raise money, raise up some uh, leadership team, um, and and um, yeah, start gathering in, in this new community. Um, what do you think uh, are going to be some of the, the biggest hurdles that you're going to have to um, cross? Like as you, you're looking out now, um, yeah, what are what are things that you, you need, you know, obstacles you need to remove or, you know, hey, this is going to be big. Like, you know, it, uh, um, I need to cross over this, this obstacle. Um, yeah. As you think about the future,
1: yeah, I think uh, one thing I'm just not sure about is like you, you brought the cultural element. Um, I'm still trying to think through that. Like, how do we engage? It? Like, why well, is an interesting community. is, like there's a lot of different people living in living here, and I'm I'm a Samoan, you know. So um, just, just yeah, but
0: you're you're a little bit of a, a different Samoan in the sense that. Um, you're kind of like, uh, a good, I think a good bridge because, I mean, can, can, you describe for people who don't know, um, just the culture and the, the unique, um, I don't know the unique environment that Hawaii is because, uh, you know, there's, there's the, the local people, you know, people mm-hmm. who, who grew up on the islands or, you know, and, and but there's this weird thing about, um mainlanders mainly white mainlanders coming here you know they get involved in real estate or something there you know and they're taking up they're driving all these nice cars and there's yeah. a vacation but then also here especially in Honolulu there's like there's all these military I mean there's Air Force Navy Marines Everybody. Army yeah. everyone's here right um, and they come here and usually those people are very conservative midwestern southern people you know they've got texans and people from mm-hmm. mississippi and it's really weird because all these cultures uh, are coming together and um as i this is one of the interesting things uh, from from you know i'm from california and when i come here i notice um, that there are very few places that all the different cultures come together you know especially we you see that in the churches a lot of the it's funny because a lot of the churches, even in Hawaii, um, like the Southern Baptist Church, feels like a Southern Baptist Church in Texas, yeah. right? Yeah. And then there's a, the 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 local church for for Hawaiians and Samoans that that feels totally all they they still speak Samoan, mm-hmm. right? And then there's like California Church, and it feels just like Orange County, where I'm from. Yeah. Right. So, but you you're a little bit different because you uh, you know. You you went to school in where'd you go? On the East Coast, something like that. Well, I went to school in, in DePaul. DePaul. So where's that? Just, Minnesota?
1: No, it was, uh, it's um, it's like a few DePaul? hours south of Chicago okay, in wh-
0: Indiana. Indiana. Right. So you 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 island boy went to Indiana. Yeah. Okay. You went to DePaul. Yeah. And your where'd your wife go to school? My wife went to Stanford. Yeah. So yep. y- so you guys um, left the island mm-hmm. and you got all that culture. And then now you're in a church that is mainly, um, mainly uh, military and mainlanders. Yeah. You know how many how many local people uh, in the church now? I Maybe twenty
1: percent. It's growing. Maybe closer to thirty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the biggest 34. it's ever been, right? Yeah, Before, yeah. like yeah. the and that's more recent. Like right? yeah. three or four years ago, it might be ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you you've been serving in a place that's not your culture. Mm-hmm. Right, so you left your Samoan culture to go to a mainly white church, yeah. And then, so the church that you want to plant um, is gonna—you're gonna try to bridge these things, which is like, uh, there's very few examples of that, right? Yeah. So that's that's gonna be huge. That's gonna be yeah. you know for you to figure out. Right? Yeah,
1: that's gonna be the big thing. I mean, we we don't see too many churches like that. Like either they're um, they're really just. Ethnically based Tongan churches, Samoan churches, Filipino churches, and all the denominations that come with those, or they're really they look like any church that you would find in in the mainland somewhere. Yeah. And so, the difficult thing is going to be figuring that 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 balance out. Um, although I think that God has equipped me and my wife, we've functioned in in different worlds culturally speaking um, our, our entire lives. Like I was born. On the west side on Waianae where there's like no tourists ever go there and if you go there yeah just just people don't just go there in in Waianae um but I went to school at one of the best private one of the best private schools on the island um just academically I wasn't a great student there or anything like that but I went to that school and so that school was all you know a lot of rich kids a lot of wealthy kids and I was not that, and I was going to that school. My wife went to private school as well. She also went to Stanford. And so we've always operated in both worlds, so to speak, with different cultures, you know, um, interacting with different different groups, different groups of people, different uh, economic levels, um, and we feel comfortable doing that. And so at the same time, while that's going to be a challenge, we're also excited about the opportunity to see a church that bridges the cultural gaps that exist in Hawaii.
0: Yeah. So how do you... How do you reach uh, multiple groups? You know, the locals and the people from the mainland and the military people, mm-hmm. without alienating some. You know, without alienating one or the other, right? I mean, that's 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 a big challenge, yeah. right? So that's a, uh, um, I'm, uh, I'm that's a, that's a vision that's really uh, worthwhile to pursue. I'm, yeah. I'm excited at that. What other uh, hurdles that you, do you foresee that you're going to have to overcome in the next few years? If, you know. For you to get your church up to uh, to be a vibrant, healthy church that's reaching out to these, you know, what, what hurdles are you you going to have to figure out?
1: Um, one of the biggest hurdles is that just right now where the church is um, in Hawaii. So if you know the history of Hawaii, it was illegally annexed, um, taken over, overthrown the, the kingdom of Hawaii, um, right back in the day. Uh, before missionaries came, it was its own kind of thing. It was its own its own kingdom, um, its own its own uh, place. Missionaries come, converts the the chiefs, the kings. They all convert to Christianity. Things are going well for many years, and then the kingdom is overthrown by the children of those missionaries. And so, over the span of this 100 years and more, um, the church, um, which was once just very vibrant in in Hawaii, in the Kingdom of Hawaii, um, people started to look at the church as kind of like this, 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 uh, kind of this white man's thing. This thing that mm-hmm. is sub- subverting our culture, yep. imposing their culture on us, um, forcing us to do things their way. And so now there's a pushback against the church as, as um, if conversion to Christianity um, c- going. It's like to a the colonial church. thing. Yes. They're thinking as like a yeah, it's colonialism. Yeah, it's forcing so- your beliefs on me. And, and and by believing in and
0: forcing your culture.
1: Yeah. And yeah. your culture. And so by believing in the the God of the Bible, by believing in Jesus, I am turning my back on being Hawaiian or being Samoan yeah. or being being all those things. And so that's 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 a difficult thing that's rooted in the history of the overthrow in Hawaii, the oppression of the Hawaiian people, and that's kinda of spilled over um to today.
0: Yeah, I uh uh rumor has has it that uh your last sermon uh caused a little bit of uh uh, <laughs> Ooh, <I'm laughs> uh, that rumor. uh caused a little bit of uh backlash when you' were talking about some of these issues yeah, about, a, little bit. About, yeah <laughs> a little bit um got a little passionate there yeah. right yeah yeah. Not, yeah um so um yeah it's a sensitive subject for for, for a lot of people yeah, yeah um, because because
1: because now hawaii is has been um a a state since like nineteen fifties right and so there are people that are Americans. They're from the mainland. They moved here. They're transplants, and they raised their kids here, and so they feel like they gotta. You know, this is this is a, this, this is an America. America. This is America, and so there's all these cultural dynamics where, um, when you talk about the overflow, sometimes um, people in the military or people that have a lot of pride in America, um, things like that, they might feel offended and feel like what you're doing is your, your. Declaring that I had, I did something to to cause that overthrow, yep. to cause that that evil to happen, to take this injustice to take place in the past, and that's not what we we're doing when we we're talking about it. We're just yeah. bringing it up because that has affected our our just cultural yeah. context in Hawaii yeah. today.
0: Yeah, the context matters. Yeah. Well, what um, what are some hurdles personally? Like you, uh, you're not the leader that you need to be yet, right? Because it's just like just like in 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 marriage or in parenting, yeah. you're never ready. Um that actually the the process of doing it gets you ready, yeah. right? So the process of having a couple of kids makes you a good dad. It's not that you're a good dad first and then you have, you know. So you're Oh, I
1: thought I was a good dad first.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, you, you are yeah. Uh, until you have your own kids, yeah. right? When you see your brother kid, have kids or your cousins, you're like, man. Oh, I, I, why is he so
1: impatient with his kids? Yeah, why is he
0: yelling at his kids? Dude, He's chill. like, you don't realize They're that. They're just kids. That he, didn't, he didn't get no sleep last night, <laughs> and, and the, the kid broke his iPad or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, wh- where, uh, in what areas do you feel like you need to personally uh, grow in? Like, you know, like, hey, these are areas of struggle right now. Um, where do you personally feel like you need to mature? And maybe you don't know that yet, right? You maybe yeah. may, but probably you have a sense of uh, a few things. You yeah. mentioned patience.
1: Patience for sure. Um, definitely, just always one that I have struggled with, and um, is is pride, mm-hmm. bitterness. Um, I'm very quick. I, I know in myself. I'm very quick. If people don't move at the speed I want them to move, if they don't, um, I get. I'm really quick to get bitter. I'm really quick to be irritable. Um, and so even with just in my family, I see that when my me and the kids, if the kids aren't doing the things that just I want them to do or things that I said, I have to fight that feeling of just even res- like resentment. You yep. know, if yep. I like resentment comes up when my schedule's interrupted by something yep. the kids do. Mm-hmm. Like I want to go and do this one thing, I want to go and meet this guy, but something happens at home and I can't make it. Yeah, and I don't just. I'm just not. I'm not just disappointed that I can't be with the guy. Like I feel in my heart a resentment.
0: What about uh, about ministry skills or tools? Like what what are some uh, some areas that you feel like um, you know you're not there yet that you need to figure out? Uh, you know some some additional ministry skills or, or tools. Are there certain areas of, of growth that you feel like you know if you were to do it right now it, you would you would really
1: struggle? Yeah, there is one area. Just one. There's one major area, <laughs> major. And I know this is major because so like I had to do these assessments before the idea of planting came up. And I did these assessments and I sent out with all these leaders that I work with in our church, uh, some people that I know, pastors that I know, I sent out these questionnaires and like, what are areas of growth? And there was one area that everyone, everyone? said that was yeah. clear. What is that? Administration. Okay. What, 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 what about? Managing my calendar. Um... Just organization. Mm-hmm. I'm very lacking in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a terrible planner. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm a terrible planner. And so um, that's one area that I definitely have to grow in. Administration. I- I'll triple book people. Yep. Like one time I had a meeting with three different people in three different locations <laughs> at the same at the time. Same time. <laughs> and so... <laughs> That's one area that like we just really identified that yep. my, my elders helped identify that an area that I need to grow yep. in, which is unfortunate because for the first two years of my ministry at Harbor I was the admin.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, you probably uh made made uh people pull out their hair. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But but Matt was patient with me, man. He was patient. Like I, I...
0: So um did, what did you learn? So, so if you're not a a good administrator naturally, mm-hmm. right? Um, you could put a lot of effort into it, and and um, but you, you know you'll become proficient, but you'll never become great at it, mm. right? But you could become proficient. And one of the things that I, I learned is that it, um, if you're if you're not naturally gifted in something, you got to have uh, you got to find some tools right? Some just tools that would just help you. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can't remember a single thing, so I got to write down everything. Like mm-hmm. if I don't write it down, I don't, you know, so I have multiple, uh, ways of reminders because I know I can't rem- you know, so I lean on tools, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wh- what are, what are some of the, the, maybe the tools that have been helpful for, for, for you? And, uh, what have you used? Um, how have you grown in that area of, uh, uh that weakness of, uh, administration?
1: Yeah. So I well, am, organization. Uh, I am uh I'm not a paper guy. Yeah. Never been. I grew up with yeah, it's the internet. Um so for me like one of the things I have is like I have apps. Yeah. for capturing stuff. Yeah. I use this app called OmniFocus to schedule my days out so I know what I'm working on, yep. my all my deadlines. You got
0: is that uh I had that for a little bit. Is, is it a a monthly subscription or is it just a one time?
1: Um they have a monthly subscription now. Yeah. But I just did the one-time thing. I bought it like uh, three years ago.
0: Okay, when it was new. So you yeah. you you're grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty expensive now. I think it's like twenty bucks a month now or something. Yeah, like that.
1: I think I bought it for uh, at the time, I bought it for a student discount. Yeah, I think I got it for twenty nine bucks, and it yeah. was outright. You got the software outright. Yeah, the app yeah. outright. And so yeah. I do OmniFocus, and then another thing is I do this app called Fantastical. Okay, what's that? The, it's a calendar app. But the reason I use Fantastical is because it's incorpor- it incorporates the Reminders app as well, which I use yep. in Apple. Yep. And so when I type in, like when, I, when my wife has a reminder in there for me, it's linked up with my calendar and it pops up as an event that I have. And so like I know right now uh, I'm 16 minutes behind putting out the trash because oh. I literally forgot to forget to take out the trash and stuff. Yep. Um, and so I just have to have these apps to help capture information um, I have to get everything down digitally before I can do anything. So I use a lot of yeah. OmniFocus, Fantastical, and then um, Day One is like my journaling app that I always use. Okay. So I use those consistently. Very good. Um, those three are my most used apps. Okay. Yeah.
0: Very good. Well, we're kind of up on our time, uh, Christian. Um, uh, how can how, how can we uh, pray for you? I mean, what what are some of your prayer? Uh, request and you know you're embarking on uh, a journey right now. Mm-hmm. You know the next couple of years you're gonna be planting a new church. Um, yeah, how, how can uh, we uh, pray for you? Um,
1: one, you can pray that God would just um, prepare our family for this plant, prepare us, um, just my wife and I, especially me, to you know when you're embarking on something like this, you you want to think about accomplishing your goals and your mission, but to also think about Loving my wife and my family well, um, and we're doing this thing together, and so help me to prioritize and just um, really love my family well um, while we're embarking on church planting. The second thing is that you can pray for God to prepare the soil, I guess, in White that when we do start meeting regularly here, and um, that there will be people ready to hear the gospel, ready to. Give their lives to Jesus, and um, you can also pray for the, the churches out here that are out in Waipahu. That I would be able to connect with them, because there are some churches out here that I really want to get to know their pastors and see what they're doing, um, how they're already serving, and uh, yeah, work with them.
0: Oh, that's excellent. Let me uh, let's uh, let me close in prayer. Let me pray for you here, awesome. Lord. We come before you, and I just want to thank you for my friend Christian and. Uh, the journey that uh, you're taking him on, and uh, we thank you, Lord, that not only is he uh, following you, but uh, you're also maturing him uh, in the process. Lord, we uh, lift up his uh, the, the prayer request that he asked for. I pray for his family, Lord, that you will prepare them, protect them, help him uh, um, lead his family well, and, and as he's pursuing your calling, Lord, to to love his family well during the process and. Um, Lord, that you would just really protect them um, and bless and, and give them favor. We pray, Lord, that you would prepare the the soil in this community. Lord, well, there's people here right now who are praying for um, a, a, a more gospel-centered uh, church or people to reach out to, to their neighbors. And we just pray, Lord, that you would... Um, uh, prepare uh the soil and let uh christian meet these other other believers who who um if you are calling him here we know that there's already people here that that are gonna partner with him um also we well, just pray for the churches here lord that uh, you would help uh bring uh uh just uh, unity and uh just um, you, um, to bring the churches together just for this mission. So thank you for our time, and I just pray for for your blessing um, upon uh, this new church, upon Christian and and uh, his family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.